Hey y'all, it's your girl IJ. And this is Cut. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to The Refresh. Hang out with us for a while and rejuvenate your mind through open discussions about Black mental health. No subject is off limits. everyone and welcome to The Refresh. My name is Cuddly. And I'm IJ. And today we're going to be talking about all things modern adulthood with a focus on mental health. We're going to get started by just sharing some of the good things that happened to us this week, some things that made us feel good, and then we're going to get into some more serious conversation. All right, so we're going to get into our huga section now. So Huga is a Danish and a Norwegian word which really evokes a mood of coziness, comfort, wellness and contentment. So during this segment, we're just going to talk a little bit about, you know, something that made us feel all of those things this week. You know, just one small, simple moment we had over the last week that made us feel good, made us feel cozy, made us, again, just feel content. Okay. Well, my huga for the week was, you know, I've been working on my bedroom for a while. It just started feeling like super stale, like maybe at the end of last year. So I really wanted to, you know, like redecorate and just get some new vibes in there. I finished painting like what, a month ago and was waiting to get my bed together. But now that everything is, you know, in place and done up, I just had this moment on like Sunday this week where I laid in bed and I was about to go to sleep. And it was like a, like an exhale moment, you know, because it's like the vibes in here are good. And also finally. So, yeah. So what's the new vibe like? It's very light. It's like, um, you know, the, the walls are lighter. It's more of like a pale yellow. So it feels very fresh, very airy, very comfortable. My old bed was very rickety, you know, like screws all over the place. And those yeah. little slats at the bottom was, well, you know, when they moved me into the house, girl, <laughs> yeah. they broke my bed and didn't even tell me. So it's been off for quite some time, but, you know, just having like a sturdy bed and just, it's like tan. So it's all light versus the gray that I had everywhere. So yeah, it feels fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, There's nothing like a nice, like, like your room just being one clean and just like cozy and just exactly how you want it. It's like, Mm -hmm. you you just collapse into everything, especially after a long day. Even though it never lasts too long. (laughs) Well, sounds perfect for a hygge then. Right. (laughs) What's yours? My hygge this week. So last weekend, uh, we did a picnic. And I think one thing that made it so enjoyable is that, you know, it's summer now and the, the sun doesn't set until so late now. So I'd say the last couple of weeks, the sun has been setting around like 930 or so. So you can just really spend a really long time outside way longer than you had intended and it feels just so good and you know you're just I don't know it's just so simple but you're like people watching you're looking at all the dogs walk by you know some dogs will come over to your blanket and you'll pet them and I don't know it's just a nice moment it just felt like such a summer activity to do you know what I mean it's like (laughs) think of a a nice summer day it's like that's what I imagine so it just felt really good to have that and especially have that on a 
Sunday because you know how it is trying to like transition from the weekend <laughs> back to work. So just made it feel great. It's terrible transitioning. <laughs> it really is. It'd be yeah. like a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it just felt really good and just relaxing, really. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yeah. Did you guys eat anything delicious? <laughs> yes, we did. So we didn't really make much, but we did stop by this one spot called Brown Bag Deli. Mm. And girl, they have this caprese wrap that I love and I always add turkey to it. So I got one of those. We had some chips. We had brought some cookies with us and some rosé. But I ended up not wanting a cookie. I ended up wanting ice cream after. So we got ice cream. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It was like, change of plans. What kind of cookies were they? <laughs> Girl, lemon sugar cookies. Wow. And you didn't want that. I know. Only because I'd had two the day before. Okay. Well, that <laughs> makes sense. Because lemon cookies be actually perfect. Yes. Oh, it's such a like subtle hint of lemon too. Mm. Did Jay make these fresh? Yes, he did. Of course he did. He was so <laughs> big lucky. It's not even fair. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, I ended up getting a scoop of Jenny's. You already know I had to get the brown butter almond brittle. So that was just like the perfect ending to the whole day. Nice. Sounds lovely. (laughs) Why, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. So if you want to share your hookah with us, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Follow us on IG at The Refresh Show and let us know your hookah for the week. So today we're going to be talking about Roe versus Wade, specifically the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court on June 24th, 2022 in a 6-3 ruling. We know that this ruling essentially eliminated the constitutional right to abortion. And, you know, this all happened following that original leak of the document back in May. In the aftermath of this ruling, there was a lot of panic and particularly in response to the clinics and the doctors who are actually managing this. You know, there was a lot of concern about whether, you know, we have to halt procedures, whether things need to stop. And this was particularly true in those states who have the trigger laws where this ruling became effective immediately. You know, for obvious reasons, this is really, really important on on a really, really important time in American history, especially as it relates to women's rights, you know, what the right to privacy means anymore. And I think for many, you know, just concerns about whether we're returning to darker times in U.S. history. So personally, (laughs) I'm kind of just struggling to understand what the point of the whole reversing of Roe v. Wade is. Obviously, you know, there's so many reasons from these, you know, mostly Republicans and whoever else is advocating for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. But, you know, on one side, it's like, do they care about these kids that aren't being had? Right. Like, is that actually their focus point here? Or is it, you know, what we all fear it is, which is that them just wanting to control women and control our bodies, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a really good question because it's continuously being framed as like, you know, this is about the children and having a, letting these children have a voice. But as we know, once those kids are born, suddenly they stop caring. So 
to me, it, it feels more, I'd say the latter, you know, wanting to control a woman's body, a woman's choice, a woman's life. And yeah, it's just, it's not fair. Yeah. And whenever these, the advocates who are usually, I hate to say it, Caucasian men speak on these things, like they never use, it's like they avoid the words that we want to hear them say, like caring for the child, right? After they're born are women's rights. It's like these phrases don't exist when they're actually talking about why abortion control is so mm-hmm. important to them. It's often talked so. about in a way as if people are just out here getting abortions for the fun of it. You know, I think what is what a lot of these politicians fail to consider is like, this is a really tough choice that any person would have to make. You know, it's not something that people would do lightly. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of time and questioning and distress and you know, worry that goes into making these choices. So if someone makes that choice, it's like, you know, I think it's just important to think about what they went through to even get to that point and have to make such a hard choice that, you know, it's going to affect them for the rest of their life, most likely. And I think it's just a very skewed and inaccurate way that, again, the people who have the power and the people who have control, they just, they view abortion in such a way that it's just not reflective of what's actually going on. Right. And you know, to speak to what you're saying, like, why is any of that their business? It's just really weird because there are people who can do God knows what behind closed doors. Like, I just saw a very disturbing headline about a man who is a performer. He's been famous for a very long time. And apparently he's doing things with his nephew that just came to light like a couple of days ago. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, why is this something that has been in the news, I think, for like a month at this point? And there's been whispers about it, but we're talking about something like abortion, which is something that a woman decides to do behind closed doors in her own home. It really freaks me out, honestly, because it feels like the beginning of something else. You know, like it's just been thing after thing after thing that keeps happening, maybe more towards like us as black people, right? Like that's been happening and that's men and women. But the fact that the is like the head is starting to turn directly at us, it gives me a eerie feeling for the future, like what's to yeah. come. I think at least for me, you know, it just makes me feel like we're moving backwards. Oh, and it's like there's so many things in our lives that have advanced and have changed. And you know, I was like the fact that we can FaceTime, we once thought that was like impossible, right? There's so much advancement in technology and so on and so forth. But then when we're looking at basic rights, things that we should have pretty secured by now, it looks like we're moving backwards. So it almost just feels like like a paradox or almost like an oxymoron, you know, that we're advanced in so many ways, but then we're just so, that's what I'm looking for, like antiquated in so many things. For America to be, or at least to boast itself as, you know, this superpower of the world, like this top developed nation. It's just like we have things in place, laws in place that countries that we maybe describe as being underdeveloped, they have these laws and these protections for women. So it's just, again, just very, feels very paradoxical to me in a way that can just be hard to make sense of. But I also agree with you because it's like, what else can be reversed, you know? And I think that's the scary part of it. It's like, these are things that we thought were protected by the constitution, right? Like things that are never, 
you know, rights we're always going to have. So it's like the fact that this can be reversed just like that, you know, it's like the possibilities are endless. And I think, like you said, you know, not just being a woman, but being a Black woman, it almost feels like a double target because there's so many, <laughs> so many things that they can reverse, especially as it relates to race. Exactly. And of course, Black women are going to make up a larger amount of these people who are going to be affected by abortion, like the people who don't have the resources to travel however many states over are, whether that's the time that you need off from work or the actual money that you need to make the trip. There's things that we have to consider like childcare and, you know, not being able to miss a moment of work for fear of being fired. Right. So it's really ridiculous. And on top of that, the people who, you know, I'm not sure like really who's behind all of the closed doors making decisions like these or who are really like pushing for these decisions to be made. But from what I can see, it seems to be a lot of men who are Caucasian and who are older, you know, like mid fifties to like late sixties who are for some reason, very enthusiastic about this moving forward. And I just can't comprehend it. Like what's going on? Because it has nothing to do with them. These are like wealthier white men who don't have uteruses or whose daughters are in their 40s. So it just makes me wonder and question like why um, when they understand like what group of people are going to be more affected by this, why it's such an important issue for them to harp on. Like you said, it's more men than women who are in control of this. And for this to be such a personal issue to a woman's body, it just doesn't feel natural to have so many men involved in this choice. I think men are indirectly affected by this, like in the context of like families, you know what I mean? But it just continues to come down to the fact that this is a woman's personal choice. Right. That has absolutely nothing to do with them. And when it comes to the whole moral thing, it's like, you know, they'll talk about the Bible and how wrong it is because this child is a person, you know, even if they're the size of a lima bean. And, you know, I totally respect anyone's beliefs, right? No matter what you believe, if you say that there's like a bunch of people on a spaceship who are controlling all of our thoughts, I'm going to nod and, you know, say, you know, that's cool that you believe that and keep it moving. But I'm not nodding. <laughs> What I'm saying, like, it is what it is. Like, if that's what you believe, cool, that's your sunshiny world. It's none of my business, right? But then when they bring up in these interviews with these people who are so, you know, proactive about pushing these things through about abortion, it's like, okay, you'll bring up anything else that has to do with morals. Like, what about people who say, hey, this is my private body and it's none of your business? are the people who are going to die because of these laws, are the people whose lives will be ruined if they have to, you know, go forward with giving birth to a baby, are people who, you know, were sexually assaulted. And it's like when you ask them these questions, their eyes glaze over and they find some very creative way to kind of change the subject or answer the question without really answering it. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. avoiding. avoiding. <laughs> exactly. And that just amazes me because they do it so effortlessly every time. But it's like, can you really answer the question though? Like, why is a person who 
doesn't exist yet, really. Sure, their, you know, their embryo is working and things are starting to be formed. But why is a person who's been alive technically for what, six weeks matter more than a grown and well human being with responsibilities and, you know, opinions about what she should be able to do with her own body. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I think it just really speaks to like people really pick and choose when they want to apply their morals, you know? And I'm like, I'm sure I'm guilty of it at some point in my life too. But it's like, when this is a decision that's going to be affecting millions of people, it's like, this is not the time to pick and choose in that way. And it's funny how the morals, the moral uh, lens doesn't go off when you're thinking about all of the poor Americans who are going to be most affected by this. You know, it's like, no one seems to care that several people's family lives are going to be ruined. No one seems to care that lots of more families are going to be living in poverty because they are forced to go through with the birth. We're just not thinking about the true outcome and like, who's going to be most affected. I mean, we're thinking about it, but the people in charge are not. And for whatever reason, they just don't care about the lives of poor people. Do you believe in, I mean, I don't know. I forgot what the theory is called. It's like a conspiracy theory, but it's this thing about how pretty much they're afraid of a certain race declining and being and becoming a minority. So that's why this they're trying to do this because they want to like, increase birth rates in a certain race. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Like it's, called. it's like, we want to make sure that white people can give birth more. Yeah. <laughs> and we have more white people because they're, we're quickly becoming the minority and we can't have it. Yeah. I don't know if I believe it just cause like, I, you know, I like to do my own like research and stuff and I haven't done yeah. that yet, but I just feel like if that is the reason why this is like silly, because I just don't think it's going to work. <laughs> you know, it's like, sure, maybe white people will be having more children, but so will black people and so will Hispanic people and Asian people. So it's not like the white rate is suddenly going to like quadruple exactly. in relation to everyone else's. So it just doesn't like add it up. It doesn't add up. And I mean, what really irks me about all of this is... Of course, we know who's making all of these decisions, which are men. But how are you going to speak on something so strongly, so passionately to the point where we're here and you're not involved in any type of way, right? It's like this intense what vigilantism where they got people ducking around corners trying to see who, you know, is helping who get an abortion or who's seeking out an abortion and things like that. But like in these laws where we've been talking about, like men are nowhere in it. You know, we all know it takes a man to make a baby. So, and that's something that I think I would be less upset to say the very least, if there was some type of law where these men were involved, you know, like, Hey, if you help make a baby and you'd be like, peace, I don't want nothing to do with this. Then you have a consequence too. Or even, I mean, I don't want to go as far as to say that if you are seeking an abortion, you're going to get in trouble and so is your dude. But I mean, something, you know, like I just don't understand how like these laws are weighing so heavily on women and there's nothing about men in sight. 
yeah, I mean, like, welcome to America. <laughs> you know, it's like people have been having children forever. Deadbeat dads been deadbeats forever. You know, it's like America has had so many opportunities even before this to like do something about it. You know, it's like the fact that you can be put on child support and just literally not pay your child support and just have it add up for like months at a time. It's like, what's the point? And maybe I'm like oversimplifying that example, but it's just like, yeah, America just doesn't care. And it's like the burden, the load is always going to land on the woman and men just so easily kind of get a get out of jail free card. It's like even the fact that like women are the ones who take birth control. It's like women can literally get pregnant once a year. Meanwhile, a man can go have like 18 babies in a month if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Shit, maybe even more. I was going to say are more. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) So it's just, it's so backwards. And it just, again, just comes down to quote unquote, the patriarchy. (laughs) So thinking about like the mental health aspects and the effects that this whole ruling can have on, you know, a wide variety of women, whether you were sexually assaulted or you had a miscarriage and now it's it's more difficult to obtain abortion medically or if you just had an unwanted pregnancy like what do you see as being some of the effects that that might have on women who are going through similar situations yeah i think we're just going to see a lot more anxiety than you know we typically see for several reasons you know like one just thinking about who your sexual partners are going to be, especially for women who are single dating. It's like, okay, it may not just be about having fun anymore. You know, you got to really think about like, if I sleep with this person and potentially something happens, like where would this land me? You know? So I think there's just going to be a lot more anxiety about making those types of choices that, you know, maybe many women made in a more carefree manner before. And I think there's also going to be a lot of worrying about finances. You know, if you do find yourself in a situation where you become pregnant and you're in a state where you can't get an abortion, people have to take off of work to travel to another state in order to get something that should be available, you know, 20 minutes, 20 minutes away. So thinking about, do I have PTO? If I don't have PTO, can I afford to miss this many days? And depending on where you're located, you may have to drive like over 10 hours. So there's that. And again, it's just really giving people this unnecessary stress on top of everything else we're already dealing with. On top of everything else we're already dealing with. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like let your freak flag fly. Sex is fun. But I can definitely see and say that, wow, like ever since this ruling came out, sex is just different, right? It's like, it's just like way less relaxing it's this thing that you're always thinking about like a possibility like did I take my birth control were we safe like you said if something happens with this person whether it's my boyfriend whether it's someone I'm dating whether it's casual like if I needed this person in a difficult situation like would he even be about dealing with that with me So I think it's definitely just as a whole turned sex for everyone into something completely different. Right. Exactly. You just have to think more 
about it and honestly almost make a choice of like, is this worth it with this person? <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? It's like, mm, nah, actually, <laughs> not you. Yeah. See ya. I don't, I don't trust this happening. <laughs> Did you listen to our favorite podcast this morning? I don't think I listened this morning, no. Well, they talked a little bit about abortion and they framed it mainly with this woman who has had two miscarriages or she had two miscarriages and they were eight months apart. And they were both in Texas. And they pretty much talked about how the first time she had a miscarriage, it was like they cared so much about her at the hospital. Like she felt that they cared. They took care of her. As terrible as the situation was, right, they still helped her. Because what happened was she had a miscarriage. And, you know, of course, she needed to pass the baby because I want to say she was like 10 weeks pregnant. So she had an abortion in the hospital where they you know, induced her medically and all that. It was a terrible situation for her. And I believe her husband, it was just like a completely different situation from what she went through eight months later after she miscarried again, where she pretty much went to the hospital and they was like, they weren't sure if it was a miscarriage or if it was the result of her taking an abortion pill, because I guess they look similar, the situations, right? The effects that um, it has on the body. So even though she's saying it's a miscarriage, they like, mm, this could be an abortion pill. So we're not going to give you any medication or help you pass this miscarried child. We're just going to send you home. And, you know, they were terrified. They were like, what are we supposed to do? She's bleeding. And they were like, if the bleeding becomes profuse or if she starts bleeding profusely, then call us or come back in the, into the ER. And they were like, how long will we have once we see that she's bleeding profusely to get her here safely? And they said, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the whole thing. And she went home. This continued for a week and cramps and just so much pain. And eventually she finished and everything went through in a safe manner. But just to compare those two situations eight months apart, they only sent her home with I think Tylenol the second time and was just like, oh, well, it'll finish at some point. So hit us up if you start to die, basically. So Jeez. that just makes me just like the effects that that must have on them. And of course, her and her husband decided they weren't going to try and have kids anymore, not because they didn't they weren't motivated to try again and that they didn't have faith that they were going to be able to succeed at some point. But it was that while we're here living in Texas, we just can't count on the hospitals right now to take care of us if this was to happen again, if she was going to miscarry again. Jeez, that's terrible. And I guess I don't have to listen to the episode now. <laughs> I mean, there was more to it. That was like, no, you know, the, the cornerstone. But yeah, yeah. real sad. <laughs> but yeah, that's awful. And it's just like the fact that there's ever even any hesitation from like a medical professional in a situation like that, you know, I will say the only like saving grace that I don't know if it was an executive order or whatever it is, but Biden put in the federal protection for like the medical abortions. He's like, no matter what state you're in, like federal law is overriding any that state bullshit and you must perform a medical abortion in all emergencies. So 
I was like, at least there's that. But it's like, again, at the end of the day, doctors are people too who hold their own values and this and that. And I know there's the the oath that doctors take, but it's like, I'll be lying to ourselves if biases did not come into play. And it's like, I wonder, are there super conservative doctors out there who might hesitate a little too long before making that choice? The outcome can be awful. You know, it's like, if you wait two seconds too long because you just weren't sure what to do, or maybe you didn't deem this as severe of an emergency. So I think that's scary to think about as well. And again, just depending on on the state you're in. I wonder what the consequences might be in a situation like that. Like if a doctor hesitates, air quotes, but what if a doctor pretty much is like, I don't care what Biden said, like, I'm not doing it because I'm a super conservative doctor. Like, I wonder if there's even any way that you could look at this doctor and say, hey, my wife died or my family member died because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. I just feel like every man or person who's against abortions at this point is protected. And I really just, it messes with you. It's so private. It's just such a private thing. And just for it to be plastered all over the news the way that it is right now. I mean, I can imagine that most women who, even if you're not really affected by this, even if you're past the age of worrying about babies or if you're too young to have babies or just any, you know, just being a female, period. The fact that this is something that, you know, they're banging gavels about is weird. It is weird. And again, just something that you thought was like, we were born with this right. You know what I mean? Like you and I specifically, we have not had a time in our life where this wasn't just the way things were. So it's just such a pivotal moment. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm just getting to that point where I'm like, let's see what today brings. You know, it kind of is what it is. And I hate that attitude sometimes, but it's like, what else am I supposed to do? Just be on high alert all the time and like be upset about these things all the time. It's just, I don't know. We're just not moving in a good, a good direction. No, we're not. I'm just hoping things like halt, like things need to chill at this point. Because like you said, what's next? Like, I just cannot deal. I can't deal. Like, who knows if in like a year or two, we about to be straight face, you know, packing our bags to board a freaking plane or train or ship to leave this country. Just with flames burning behind us at this point, just like, just tired, mm-hmm. just overwhelmed. It very, it very well may be that way. Yeah. <laughs> Cause at this point I'm like, literally anything's possible, literally anything. And you know, the more we talk about this, I feel like in a way we've all just kind of learned to like function almost in this like chronic state of stress and overwhelm. Cause it's like, these last almost three years have just been continual craziness for multiple reasons. And this is just another piece of paper on, on top of the stack. I was like, we all have just gotten so used to like just a state of everything going wrong all at the same time. And we're just expected to just show up at work tomorrow. Just meet your friends for dinner. As if the world literally is not on fire. I mean, sometimes I really have to sit and think. I really ask myself, like, is the world on fire right now? You know, like, is yep. it on fire or is it like smoldering? Is the kindle kindling, you know, getting going? But I just hope 
it's not actually on fire and we just can't see it because we're just waiting for it to get worse. I hope this is the worst of the flames. I pray it's the worst of the flames, but wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. (laughs) My mind keeps going to you already know what. Of Fred. Of Osegway. (laughs) Of Okechaku. Of Okechaku. Oh. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I just, honestly, all of this brings me straight to that because, you know, the first time we saw The Handmaid's Tale, that was like a real horror TV show. Like true, deep in your soul horror, you know? And look how far we've come since then to where if I go back and watch season one and season two, I'm probably going to be like, oh yeah, that happened last week. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even, I can't even imagine myself in those fucking red cloaks. Hell no. Yeah, I'm fighting to the death. I'll be out of here before then. I'm fighting to the death, like for real, for real. Like we got, I can't do it. Like I have to go. I gotta die. I'm gonna die trying. But hopefully that does not become our reality. But I think all in all, everyone's stressed out, and now women are even more stressed out. Yay! And even enjoy sex, man. I mean, not really. We can still enjoy it, but not like. You know, not like we used to. Yeah, I think there's just more thought into it now. Which is never you know? fun. And, <laughs> right. Not saying that people should be thoughtless about <laughs> sex, but, <laughs> you know, you're really like, it's just, I don't know, it just feels like there's pressure that comes along with it that just stands in complete contrast to what sex should be exactly. about. <laughs> We've gotten to the end of the show. So at the end of each show, we want to leave you guys with some tips, some takeaways, some corporate into your lives over the next week and just kind of see how it plays out. And we'll come back together and kind of talk about how that worked out in our lives. So my tip and takeaway for the week would be to find time to disconnect. Everyone's so busy and everything's moving so fast and There's so much information flying at us from the news, from work, from our family and friends, from our haters, from everywhere. So I think that it's really important, something that I'm trying to incorporate into my day to day is just to find time to unplug, you know, like put my phone on D&D, turn it over, throw it in a basket underneath the couch take my Apple watch off, turn off Netflix, turn off CNN, close my laptop and just do, you know, whether it's just laying there and like chilling and just listening to nothing or writing my thoughts out in a book with a pencil, just something to bring me back to reality. So that's something I think that we can all try to add to our day to day and see how it works out. Definitely. I am definitely a fan of the lay, stare at the ceiling and do nothing. And it feels so good. (laughs) Sounds amazing. (laughs) Great. So I'd say my tip and takeaway for this week would just be to help where you can, especially as it relates to, you know, what we've been talking about with Roe v. Wade. Lots of states and um, cities have abortion funds right now that you can donate to. You know, no donation is too small and 
a lot of this money is just going to go towards helping, you know, women who need an abortion and can't necessarily get one for different reasons. But just as we've been talking about with this becoming a decision for states, you know, a lot of this money can be so helpful for women who may need to travel several hours to receive an abortion. So just kind of look for, again, your local state level abortion fund, as simple as, you know, typing in your state abortion fund into Google and donate if you can. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent idea. There's so many people who are in need of help right now, especially with what's going on with this whole Roe v. Wade bullshit. So it will definitely be nice to give what you can and help out if you can. So if you have any tips or takeaways that you'd like to share with us, feel free to email us at therefreshshow at gmail.com. And also tune into the next episode and we'll share how our tips and takeaways went. Sounds good. See ya. Mm-hmm.